Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome back to the Grind It Podcast today. Thank you for joining me. We're breaking down Matthew chapter 6 and what we call the Sermon on the Mount. And um, what we have to keep in mind is the reason for what we call the Sermon on the Mount. Why, why is Jesus gathering with his disciples and this crowd has just gathered all around and listening to what Jesus is teaching his disciples? Why is he doing this? Why is he giving them uh, th- these if you want to call it the Sermon on the Mount, that's what we call it. But it's, it's just lesson after lesson after lesson. Why is he doing this? Well, in the in the previous chapter, he, well, in the previous chapters, remember, he goes around and he is picking his disciples. He's been baptized by John the baptizer in the Jordan River. Uh, he comes up out of the water. The Holy Spirit comes down in the form of a dove. Voice comes down from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And then right after that, Jesus goes off into the wilderness, led by the Spirit to be uh, tempted by Satan for 40 days and 40 nights. He's fasting and he's being tempted. He's resisting temptation by the Word of God. And and then he goes after that and, and he begins to pick out 12 men to be his disciples, his, his close followers. I mean, he had many disciples. He had tons and tons of disciples. A disciple just simply means follower. But these 12 men, he, he was um, going to pour his life into them because they're going to be taken over when he dies on the cross and is buried and resurrected, in a sense, back to the Father uh, uh, 40 days after the resurrection. Um, and then Pentecost comes, and th- these 12 men, well, minus Judas, because he's going to go out and hang himself because he couldn't live with what he'd done. And Matthias is added in Acts chapter 1. But the Holy Spirit falls on these 12 men and, and they literally uh, take over the kingdom. And Jesus had told Peter, he said, you have the keys to the kingdom. And we see him use those keys uh, when the Holy Spirit falls in Acts chapter 2. And the church begins over four, around uh, 3,000 are baptized that received Peter's uh, message when he preached on the day of Pentecost. And uh, the church began. The kingdom has started. But if you think about this, uh, Jesus, when when he was beginning to teach these 12 men and pour himself into into them he had just i mean literally had just told them that their righteousness must be greater than that of the pharisees or they can't enter into the kingdom of heaven and and it's the same nothing has changed it's the same for us so it, it, these are great lessons for us today as well and and if you think about the pharisees that they're, they're they're very learned. They're, they're, they know a lot of the scriptures. They have a lot of knowledge of, of the Word of God. The, the Old Testament is what they had. The, the first five books of the Bible called the Pentateuch, the law that Moses, they had so much respect for Moses. I mean, Moses was the man in their eyes because he had been up to visit God on that mountain. God gave Moses the law, the Ten Commandments, and part of the law, the Ten Commandments. And, and, and so they would teach in the authority of Moses. And, and I mean, these people knew God's law like the back of their hand. They, that's why they would wear these phylacteries to show people, uh, how much scripture they knew, how much knowledge they had of, 
what they would call the word of God at the time. It's what they had. They had the law. They had the prophets. They had the Psalms. They had the Proverbs. They, they, they had all of this scripture uh, from God, and, and they would memorize it. They, they, they knew the scriptures well. They had a lot of head knowledge. Um, these Pharisees, they're very rich money-wise. They're powerful people. They're prestigious. And, and the people in the communities, they look up to these Pharisees as uh, uh, since they're, they're teaching the Word of God. Uh, they're, they're in the synagogues, and, and, and they're teaching. They're up front teaching people how to live a godly life. And then we have, on the flip side of the Pharisees, we, we've got these ragtag men, if you will, who came from all walks of life. You got fishermen, you got tax collectors, men who had families, men who worked everyday jobs trying to make a living to support their families. They're they're trying to make it day after day. It's men who nobody would even give a second glance at. Uh, they just they were just your ordinary, average, everyday dudes who, you know, they would know some of the law because they, 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 they would learn it up until the age of 13 when they were considered a man, when they would go through their bar mitzvah being a Jew. Um, so they would, they would know the law. They would know at least some of the law. Uh, and they would try their best to keep the law and, and to live pleasing to God to the best of their abilities as they were taught. So they never really studied the scripture for themselves because they, they, they were not a religious leader. They were not a Pharisee. They were not a Sadducee. They were not a scribe. They were just ordinary people who lived their daily lives and, and would try to live a life pleasing to God. But epic failures and, and, and sin would creep into their lives every day, just much like us. And so... Jesus then, he sits down with these 12 men that he has gone around and picked out for himself to be his followers, to pour himself into. And he sits down with them on this mountainside. And, and I said a while ago that this crowd, everywhere Jesus went, there was crowd. So, so this crowd begins to gather all around and uh, Jesus begins to teach his disciples. When, when you start off reading the Sermon on the Mount, it is to his disciples, not the crowd. But the crowd can hear what Jesus is teaching his disciples. So he's teaching the disciples, but he's also teaching the people. But the, his his main responsibility at this point are those 12 men who are going to be changing uh, the world in a mighty big way. And so he is teaching his disciples on how to live uh, for God the right way so that their righteousness will exceed that of the Pharisees and that they will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Because that's the whole setup. Jesus said, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees, you can't enter into the kingdom of God. And then he goes into all these this, these lessons uh, to his disciples. And so he's he's teaching them this stuff so that their righteousness will exceed that of the Pharisees, that they will be uh, not only have the head knowledge, but they will have heart knowledge. And they, they would uh, uh, do things from the heart and not just out of a, a routine, if you will, uh, out of a religious uh, routine. Just something to do because hey, this is what we're supposed to do at this point. We're supposed to make this sacrifice. We're supposed to give this much. We're supposed to, uh, you know, do whatever the law said to do. It just became like a routine to these guys. The Pharisees, Jesus said that the Pharisees' hearts were far from God. And 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 in my opinion, the Sermon on the Mount uh, is the greatest sermon that's that's ever told. 
And uh, and so what we're doing, and it's going to take several podcasts to do. This is our third one. This is part three, and we're breaking down the Sermon uh, on the Mount. And we've already gone through the Beatitudes and talked about those. Uh, we talked about being salt, where Jesus said to be salt, that you uh, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light and and you know people don't hide their light they shine their light they put it on the hill so people you know can see um and so we're light to the people that are around us uh we we discussed what jesus said uh uh, how to give uh you know don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing don't announce it to everybody you do it in secret so your father will reward you uh, uh uh you'll get rewards in heaven but if you know if you're doing it to be seen of men jesus said that's if you give that's that's your only reward you know, you get pats on the back because of what you gave. That that's your reward. We talked about prayer, uh, how we're to pray in secret, we're to be uh, uh, alone in our in our closet. You know, your closet could be your vehicle. It, it, it's it's just talking about Jesus is talking about being isolated, where we can focus on God and, and spend some one on one time with God, like He did when He would go off to be alone with the Father, and He would just abandon His disciples and tell them to go off somewhere, and He would meet up with them later on. And uh, he said, you know, don't be like the the, the Pharisees who uh, loved to, for people to give them praise when they're praying because, you know, the people say, well, oh, listen to their prayer. Look how uh, religious they are. Look how much they love God. <clears throat> and Jesus said, no, you, just, you go off and be alone with God one-on-one. And he knows everything that you need before you ever even ask, but he wants that communication with us. And then we talked about uh, fasting, how Jesus just assumes that his followers are already doing these things, but he tells us how we can do these things better and how the power there's power when you combine prayer with fasting and then we broke down uh in the last podcast the, the model prayer that jesus gives his disciples and he, he says uh he, when he's talking about praying and he says this is how you should pray and so he gives them what we call the model prayer and we broke that down and during that model prayer and at the end of that model prayer jesus talked about forgiveness and how if if we have unforgiveness in our hearts towards somebody or people, then you know, not only are our prayers not going to be answered by God, but we're in danger of hell. We're, we're in danger of missing heaven because Jesus said, "If if you've been forgiven, you have to forgive. It's not an option." So we 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 talked about that about forgiveness. And so today, I want to pick up with a crucial crucial topic uh, in in the Sermon on the Mount that that. Uh, um, and that topic is our eyes, our eyes. Jesus had just finished saying uh, to his followers, or as followers, our goal should be focused on heaven. Remember we talked about that? If you've listened to the last podcast, we talked about that and, and when we were breaking down, <clears throat> breaking down the model prayer, how our focus should be upward. And Jesus is saying our goals, our treasure, they should be focused on heaven and not earthly. Uh, because uh, the, the, we should be w- uh, working towards having treasure in heaven and not on earth because on earth these treasures they can be stolen they uh, my truck was broken into uh, in Cincinnati a few weeks ago and, and they stole my checkbook they stole some old credit cards which I don't think they could use um, but I had to shut down my bank account get a whole new bank account they stole my Tennessee class ring where I went to the University of Tennessee uh, and, and I don't think I'll ever see that thing again um, but these these treasures they can be stolen they 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 can rot they can rust um, and and the thing about it is with, with earthly treasures you know when we die we can't take them with us 
they're, they're, they're left behind. And, and, and our body goes into the ground and returns to dust. And our soul uh, will either go into heaven or we'll go to hell. Depending on if we made Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior or not. If we're washed in the blood of Jesus. And so if, we're, if, if, if our treasures, if we're focused upward and our treasures are in heaven, well, if you think about it, those treasures are going to last for eternity. They're always going to be with us because Jesus says nothing there can take those treasures away. So he, he, I believe uh, that Jesus' main point was for his followers, his disciples, and us to always be looking upward Focusing on heaven, because if we're looking upward and we're focusing on heaven, then it means we're looking to Jesus. We're asking God for direction. We're asking for his will to be done in our lives. We're asking for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And therefore, we're heavenly minded. We're looking upward and we're trying our best to live for God and to please him. And and what will happen when we're looking upward, it's going to affect every decision that we make on a daily basis. Uh, if, 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 if we're going to make this decision, we're, we want to say, you know, the old corny bracelet that in, in uh, the WWJD that people used to wear all the time, what would Jesus do? Well, it, as corny as it is, it's, it's really good. It's a great question to ask. What would Jesus do? How would he handle this situation? Would he go here? Would he go there? Would he do this or would he do that? Would he not do this, do that or go there? Whatever. Um, and, but it's a good it's a good reminder. What would Jesus do? How would He handle this? What would He do in this in in this situation? And so, uh, if we're looking upward and we're looking toward heaven and we're focusing on God, and we're focusing on Jesus, as Hebrew twelve one through three tells us to do, it will affect every decision that we make. And this leads right into Jesus's next point, and that is the eyes. Because in verse 22 and 23, he says, Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light, and if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is, he says. And so Jesus says our eye is, is like a lamp. Now, a, a lamp's job. This is, you know, this is no big, huge uh, revelation here or anything. But a lamp's job is is to give off light. That that is the only job a lamp has to do. You're supposed to be able to flip on a switch and a lamp comes on and it's to give light. Or you can go pull the switch on the lamp, and it is to give light to the darkness. So uh, when the light comes on, we can see what's going on around us. Uh, we can the light exposes the dangerous obstacles that's in our path and and the light when it shines in the darkness we can see where we're going it's a simple concept and if that lamp doesn't work though if the bulb is blown or if the lamp has some kind of electrical problem guess what it's not going to turn on and if it doesn't turn on and give off its light then we're still in the darkness and we're still exposed to those dangerous objects and we don't know where we're going because we're still left in the dark so sitting on the table you know that that lamp it, it may look normal it, it may look functional um but when it's turned on and it doesn't come on and there's no light it's it's basically useless useless it, it's basically just an ornament something something to look at and I believe that Jesus is making a reference to 
the religious leaders and the Pharisees here because they, if you think about it, they look like a lamp that is shining light in the darkness. That's why the people are so enamored when they see the Pharisees and, and how they're dressed and, and how they listen and what they look like. But in reality, uh, they're, they're not shining light in the darkness. They're full of darkness themselves. And I'll explain that, what I mean by that. Because Jesus has talked about the Pharisees and how they dress and how they, they, they would exaggerate their clothing. They would exaggerate their tassels. They would exaggerate their phylacteries just to make people think that they are religious. And they, and, and they look pretty, if you will, in their religious clothing um, and their big phylacteries and their, you know, and, and uh, just the way they dress. And, and their prayers are beautiful. And they're giving these huge, large sums of money. Remember, it caught the disciples' attention when they were dropping all those big, heavy coins into the offering plate, uh, into the treasury. And they were they, they did that on purpose because they wanted people to see them. They wanted to get their attention. And it got the attention of the disciples when they were at the temple. And they, were, they made a comment on it. And then that little widow lady come in and gave two little mites. It probably didn't even make a little, a little tinkling sound if it made that. And Jesus said, that woman just gave more than all those people. And they said, well, how is that? They just give tons and tons of, of money. And she gave two little mites. Didn't even, even uh, add up to a penny. And Jesus said, yeah, but she gave from her heart, not from her surplus. And so um, the, these these Pharisees, these religious leaders, they, they, they look the part. They look like a lamp that was shining in the darkness. But in reality, they... They were not shining light. They were really just sitting on the shelf, sitting on on the on a piece of furniture, looking the part like an ornament. Um, they're empty. Uh, Jesus said that their hearts. You know, he, he said they they have the head knowledge. They know the scriptures, but their hearts are far from me. Um, they're empty. And in, in, in fact. Jesus says in Matthew 23 that they're like whitewashed tombs. They're beautiful on the outside, but on the inside, they're full of dead men's bones. But, but if you think about this, what Jesus says about these Pharisees it, it, uh, being whitewashed tombs, what else is inside a tomb? Darkness. Darkness. A sealed tomb or a sealed casket that is buried in the ground, there is no light. It's sealed, and it's nothing but complete darkness on the inside and these pharisees they seem to have healthy eyes like jesus is talking about from the outside when people are looking at them the they 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 tricked a lot of people they they were fake that's why they're called jesus calls them hypocrites they looked the part they were acting the part but but their their hearts were not right with god they are literally unhealthy their eyes are unhealthy and they are full of darkness. That's why Jesus even told him. He said, "When you 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 go out of your way to make a convert, and when you do make a convert, you make them twice the child of hell." Um, and so they're they're very unhealthy, and they're full of darkness. Even though they they think that they're okay with God, they think they're in right standing with God, and they think that they're just God's greatest thing that ever walked the earth, and and yet they 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 try to kill and and wind up killing god in the flesh but we we're we know that that was part of god's plan and we're thankful for really for what they did to jesus and thankful that jesus allowed them 
to kill him because uh, now our sins can be washed and we can be clean and we and our eyes could be clear and we could have the light, the greatest light that's ever shined, Jesus Christ, in our lives. And that's why he says in John 8, I am the light of life. Um, my, my oldest son is fixing to be 24 here in a few weeks. Um, and when he was born or when he was a child, we, 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 we were looking for some German shepherds, uh, but we came across, because we wanted solid white dogs, and we found two uh, uh, Siberian Huskies. And so we, we went and looked at these Siberian Huskies, and, and we, we bought these beautiful Siberian Huskies. Uh, when my oldest son was just a baby or when he was a child and and so we've uh, I have three kids and they've all we've had huskies ever since we've had children so my, my kids have always had their own husky um, and they're they're beautiful animals and they're great animals especially with kids uh, and because they they just feel like they're a part of your family well they are a part of your family uh, but the first two huskies we had, they, they were solid white. One had a solid, uh, one had solid blue eyes. That was Chase, and then we had one who had a brown eye and a blue eye, and that was Chance. So it was Chance and Chase, and they were brothers. Um, they were they were just absolutely beautiful dogs, and they were, they were gentle and playful, and loved to play and loved to run. And we lived out in the country, so they had plenty of places to run and stuff. And, and they were house dogs and uh, just just great dogs. Um, one of uh, a chance lived. To, I think he was around 12, 13 years old uh, when he passed away. Um, but the other one, Chase, uh, he he was killed when he was around. I believe he was around four years old when the accident happened. But um, they had been let out to run for a while. Since, like I said, we lived out in the country, so it was safe, and nobody, everybody knew my dogs. They wouldn't bother my dogs. Um, but they were out running around, and, and uh, at the time, my wife uh, was uh, about to leave to go somewhere, and so she called the dogs home, and here they come from way out. They've been running, of course, on way out, and she saw them coming because they're white, and they just pop out of nowhere, and you can see them very easily. And they're just running as hard as they can, and uh, and about the time that she hollered for them and, and she saw them coming, running full speed, out of the corner of her eye, she sees an old farm truck hauling grain coming down the road. And sure enough, as fast as they're running and as slow as this truck was going, I mean, it, she said it was barely even going because it was full of grain. But the timing, uh, it, it, it was perfect. And, and the dogs, they, they meet this truck at, 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 the, at, a, at a point in the road at the same time and Chance ran around the truck, behind the truck but Chase literally ran into the back tire of this farm truck and and it must have stunned him enough to where he fell uh, if, I think if he would have went behind the truck he would, probably would have been fine but evidently when he hit the truck it knocked him in front of the tire and the, the, the truck ran over him and, and killed him and uh, and we had to we had to bury him that day but it was, it was very hard it was very tough but uh it was like perfect timing and we're like why did he not run around that truck like 
like chance did. Why would he just run smack dab into this? I mean, it's a big, huge dump truck. It's a big, huge farm truck full of grain, and it's going slow. So why would he run into the truck and not run around the truck like chance? So we, we found out that uh, he had cataracts, and these cataracts had blurred his vision. And so he, he literally did not see that truck that was that was right in front of him and that's why he ran into the truck while chance ran around the truck because chance's eyes were clear he saw the truck and he darted around it but chase because of the cataracts he had blurred vision didn't see the truck and i mean literally ran smack dab into that truck and and like i said it it, it ran him over unfortunately but if you looked at chase um, I mean, I wish I had a picture. I, I would, I would show you a picture on the video, but I don't, I don't have one with me. But if you, if you were to look at Chase uh, when he was alive and standing beside Chance, I mean, he looked normal. He, he, he was a beautiful dog, and 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 his his eyes were just so blue. But he had he had those cataracts that blurred his vision, and since he had those cataracts. It cost him his life because he didn't see the truck to run around it. He, he, he was just running full speed trying to get home so he can go back in the house. And, and I thought about that when, when I was uh, studying for this podcast and what Jesus is telling his disciples about these Pharisees who, you know, they don't have healthy eyes. And Jesus is saying, we got to have healthy eyes. And, and uh, it has to be because our eyes is what controls the light that comes into our bodies. And I got to thinking, how many people today who who claim to be a follower of Christ, who, who claim to um, be a disciple of Jesus, how many of those people have cataracts? And I'm not talking physically, but spiritually. Because we can have all kinds of defects on the outside, but Jesus is, is talking about the eyes and, and he's talking spiritually here. Because much like the Pharisees, you know, we, we look fine. Uh, we say everything is fine when people ask us, but it's really not fine. Um, how many people sit in our church buildings week after week singing songs of praise, got their hands raised, got their hands waving, you know, or however you worship. Um, they take communion if it's offered at their church. Uh, they amen the preacher and, and, and you know, and, and encourage the preacher during his sermon. And um, they may fellowship a little bit with the people after the church, is, after the service is over. And then they go home, but yet they think everything is fine. But really, on the inside, they're full of darkness. On the outside, they're like my dog Chase. They they look just fine. You know, we didn't know he had cataracts. He had beautiful blue eyes. You could, I mean, they look like marbles. They were they were beautiful. But those 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 cataracts they affected his vision, and and he looked like everything is fine. And 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 that's. I just wonder how many people. And God knows the answer, and it could be you. I, I've been—I've absolutely been where I'm talking about right now. I—I—I've I, I, been here and done that. We say stuff is is fine. We and and we we just 
go through the motions. We 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 act like everything is fine. Uh, everything is all right. Um, but our hearts they're they're empty. Our hearts are far from God, just like the Pharisees who were. Um, they, they looked the part, they acted the part, but it was just motions. It was just head knowledge. They, 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 Jesus said, their hearts are far from me. Their hearts were, were empty and they were full of darkness. They, they said and they did all the right stuff. And maybe that's you today. You say and, and you do all the right stuff. Maybe, maybe you, you're involved in your church. Maybe you teach a class. Maybe you, um, maybe you play on the worship team. Maybe you sing on the worship team. Maybe uh, you uh, help out with sound, or maybe you uh, greet people when when they come in. Maybe maybe uh, you do the communion when uh, you serve communion, or you do the communion meditation. Maybe you get to preach sometimes. I don't know. But the question is. Are you healthy? Are your eyes healthy? Um, And the thing is, people think that they're healthy. They think that they're shining the light, if you will, but we really aren't. We're full of darkness. But again, if if we were to ask that person, if we were to talk with, with that person, if we had a conversation with you maybe, you would say everything is great, everything is fine. But listen to what Jesus said once again. He said, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is and this is this is crucial what Jesus says here. If the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. Now let me talk about that just for a second because our our minds will play tricks on us. It'll trick us into believing something that isn't true. That that's why magicians are so successful. Uh, at their craft, they 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 work very hard at their craft, and they come up with all these clever ways to to trick our eyes. To we think we see something, we think we hear something, and we totally miss it. And and they they slip whatever they did to trick us. They slip it right past us, and and, and we miss it. And 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 they trick us into thinking, well, he really did that. I mean, how did and we think, how did he do that? But now now you can get on YouTube or you can watch some TV shows. And you learn how these magicians do these tricks, and it kind of ruin, ruins it uh, for you, actually. But uh, their secrets are revealed, and, and, and it ruins it. Um, but, but this is what Satan does. Satan is very good at his game. He is good at what he does. And do not underestimate. I, I know what the Scripture says. I know what Jesus did. But here's the thing we're not jesus yes we have jesus living inside of us by the power of the holy spirit but we're weak we're, we're human and and we have a sin nature jesus never sinned yes satan tempted jesus but satan de- I mean, jesus defeated satan with the word of god and we can do the same thing but here's the thing the devil knows our weaknesses and he knows 
how to trick us, if you will, um, because he is the great deceiver. He is a great schemer, and he is very powerful. And I know the Bible says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. I understand that. But but Satan is, is very good at his game, like I said. And in fact, Paul says in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen that Satan can appear as an angel of light. Now that is scary that he can appear as an angel of light. And so people can think that they're following Jesus when they're actually following Satan. That's why it's so, and I say this a lot here lately, but it's so important that we are in the Word of God. If, if, if somebody says something, somebody does something, if we say something, if we do something, that it, especially on, even me on this podcast, I've been studying the Bible since I was in the third grade, and I'm 50 years old, but I don't know everything, and I could be wrong on some things. But if, if I teach you something, if I say something on this podcast or in a sermon or wherever, and it does not line up with the Word of God, you, first of all, tell me, and let's talk about it. But, but second of all, get in the Word and read it for yourself so you can know what the how to shine the light and how you're because the more we're in the Word, the healthier our eyes are because we're focusing on God and His Word. And if we want to have healthy eyes, we have to be focused on God and not on the things of this world. And 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 so the devil, it, it, Paul says that he can appear as an angel of light. In Ephesians six ten through twelve, Paul says, "Be strong in the Lord." See, looking upward, looking upward. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. His mighty power, not our power. His mighty power. That's why he told Paul, Jesus told Paul, he said, because Paul said, take this away from me, this thorn in the flesh. And Jesus, he prayed it three times. And, and, and Jesus said, nope, you're going to keep it. And he says, in your weakness, I am made strong. So even in our weakness, in our greatest weaknesses, God is made strong. But it's not through our power. It's not anything that we do. It, it, it's it's walking with him and focusing on him and, and and keeping that focus and keeping our eyes on the one true light, which is Jesus Christ. And so that's the whole key. But he says, "Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God." And here, here's what he says: so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes, his tricks, his trickery, like a magician. He may appear as an angel of light, and he may try to draw you to his light. But if, 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 if we're wearing the armor of God and we're being strong in the Lord well, how, and the power of his might, well, how can we do that? The only way to do that is in his word. We have to know this word. If we don't know this word, we're going to be easily tricked. We're going to be easily duped. Just like if you think about the Pharisees, they knew the word, but they didn't practice the word. They, they did not live a godly life. They were, that's why Jesus called them hypocrites. Their hearts were far from God. But Paul says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There's things going on above our heads in another realm, a spiritual realm, that we have no idea what's going on. And you can go read the book of Daniel, and you'll see it. Because they, they, they talk about that in the book of Daniel. Because Daniel had prayed, and uh, I believe it took three weeks to get an answer to a prayer. 
And, and the angel explained to him why there was a delay when uh, he had been fasting and praying. And the angel says, man, I've been fighting this, this demon, uh, the prince of Persia, and, and, and I had to get help to, 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 to win the battle so I can come and answer this prayer for you. Uh, and, it, and it took 21 days, which was the whole time that, that Daniel had been praying. So there, there's stuff going on that we can't even see. And another in a spiritual realm where angels and demons are just going at it on our behalf, and and, and they're fighting for us because the angels want uh, they're on our side, and they want us to make it to heaven. They want us to have healthy eyes and to have light inside and not darkness. But um, like I said, the, the devil he's very crafty in what he does, and what he wants to do is and and what he so easily does unfortunately is discourage us from getting close to god because if he can discourage us we don't want to read the word many times when we want to withdraw when we're discouraged when we're down and we're out we're depressed or whatever and so we don't get in the word like we should uh we kind of tend when things go wrong in our lives or something you know a storm comes through in our life we we, we have a tendency to draw away from god instead of running to god and we get discouraged and many times people get mad at god and they just boot god out of their life and and so the devil he knows our weaknesses and he's very crafty and he wants to trick us and discourage us from getting close to god he uses our weaknesses to keep us from reading god's word and from praying and from from looking upward he wants us to look around and down not not up and not focusing on jesus because he knows if we're focused on jesus and we're focused on god we're dangerous because we have healthy eyes and we and we have light coming into our bodies and we're walking with god we're walking with jesus on a daily basis and we're uh, encouraging others to do the same thing and we're we're encouraging others in their daily lives and their daily walk and the struggles that they're having and and we're pointing them to jesus and the devil hates that he does not want us to be doing that and so he does everything that he can to discourage us he, he, he does everything he can so that our eyes will be full of darkness and not light. And one of his greatest weapons is to make us think that we are all right with God when we really aren't. We may have sin in our life, we, uh, unrepented sin, a habitual sin. We may have unforgiveness in our hearts. It, it can be all kinds of things. But we have to have healthy eyes. And the way we have healthy eyes is to be in the Word of God, to be looking up at the light, Jesus Christ, and walking with Him on a daily basis. And we have to be sharing Jesus with the people that we come in contact with each and every day. Um, I want to end by saying this. I, I just want to encourage you to ask God to literally inspect your heart, your eyes, and ask Him if you're healthy or not. Do I just look the part? Am I just going through the routines? Am I just going through the motions? Or am I truly seeking God's heart? Like David. You know, David messed up a lot. But God still said that David is a man after my own heart so it doesn't mean you'll never sin again but it's all about the eyes are my eyes healthy 
or my eyes allowing light, the light of Christ, into my being? Or am I full of darkness? Like the Pharisees. They looked apart. They went through the motions. But their hearts were far from God. So ask God, am I truly seeking after your heart? Am I truly striving to be like Jesus? I mean, how often do you read the Word? Do you read the Word? I mean, we have app. It's so it's so convenient for us today. We have an app that'll read it to us. You can download the Bible app from Life Church. It's free, and and you can pick all these different kind of uh, versions of the Bible and hit play, and it'll read it. So there's no excuse not to be in the Word of God. I mean, you can uh, like my job. I, I can wear uh, headphones. I do wear headphones all the time, and I'm either listening to uh, sermons. Or I'm listening to a Christian podcast, or I'm listening to music. But I, I, I'm constantly trying to stay in the Word as much as possible because I need it. Because if I don't, I I have a tendency to look downward. I have a tendency to draw back, and I have a tendency to get uh, uh, just do bad things uh, because I'm a sinner saved by the grace of God. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood. Um, but. Ask, this, ask God this question. Does my righteousness, because this is what matters, does my righteousness exceed that of the Pharisees? And listen to what God replies. He'll let you know. And when He does let you know, work on what He says. You need to, be, you need to pray more. You need to read more. You need to be in communication with me more. He, he, he will answer those questions for you. So that's it. Are your eyes healthy? Or you're like my dog, and you got cataracts in your eyes, or you, you, you can't see very well, and, and, and darkness has filled your body. People will be able to tell. You may be going through the motions, and you may be tricking a lot of people, but sooner or later, they'll be able to tell. But what's more important, God already knows. And so hopefully our hearts are pure, hopefully our hearts are right, and hopefully our hearts are full of light, and we are shining our light for the whole world to see. And we're lifting up the name of Jesus for the, anybody, whosoever will, let him come. And we tell them how to be saved that they could be on their way to heaven. God bless you. Thank you for listening today to the Grounded Podcast. Hey, share the podcast with a friend, uh, with a family member or a co-worker. Because when you share the Grounded Podcast, you're sharing Jesus with them. If you have any questions, any comments, anything you want me to discuss, you can contact me at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you, God bless you, and keep grinding. Thank you for listening to The Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro, off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus, and keep grinding.